But Shirley didn't hasn't shown it this year for sure. I mean, he's been a dink and duck guy. Uh, he threw the ball up the field, I think, more in Washington. And uh, but when you get in the free agency market for quarterbacks, uh, it's an old always buyer beware. It's the TD Fanners. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige DeMacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMacos and Jamie Eisner. No Jake Arians today, but we will have Bruce. So we got the better of the Arians clan that's joining us today. That's a shot right at my... Uh, so don't tell Jake that. It's a shot right at my co-host who's not sitting across from me, so I feel like I can do it. Uh, Jamie, we have a great... Thursday night football game to preview. We also have a couple of big time injuries, a firing of a coach, uh, to a, a benched elite quarterback. Uh, I say that on on purpose to prove a point that he's not elite. Uh, but if you couldn't sense the sarcasm in my voice, but let's start. Let's start with the DeFilippo news because okay. it's it. Let's react a little bit to Monday night football, and then we'll get into John DeFilippo. Were you surprised at all? This is a, a Minnesota Vikings no. team. Okay, we talked about this. You and yeah. I were on the same page on this on Friday. Yeah, I, I just I saw this Minnesota Viking t- Vikings team up close and personal on Sunday Night Football against the Chicago Bears a few weeks ago, and now I understand the Bears defense is unbelievable and playing out of their minds and at home. But the Vikings as a team coming into the season, the expectations surrounding this team were: this is a Super Bowl team. We are a team that's good enough to go to the Super Bowl. We're an elite defense. We're the uh, – them saying it, not not me. We're the best defense in the NFL. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to run this offense. They hired John DeFilippo, who didn't run the ball at all. Who was the sexy candidate. I mean, there were, yes. there were, there were talks that he could be a head coach somewhere this season. Yes, he was – he interviewed for the Chicago Bears. Yeah. He was one of the candidates that they interviewed, and I'm thanking my lucky stars that they chose Matt Nagy instead. Uh, but listen, DeFilippo was the hot candidate. They hired him. They signed an $84 million contract guaranteed with Kirk Cousins. They signed him to a big contract. All the talk surrounding this team going into the season was – this is going to be an unbelievable football team. And what we've seen so far is a good defense. They, they're a good defense. They're not the best defense in the NFL by, by, a, by a large margin. They are not the de- best defense in the NFL. Uh, they cannot establish the run. Their offensive line has been horrible. And Kirk Cousins has been bad. Yeah, but other than that, like <laughs> I feel like everything else is going well. Look, what is – we, we talked about this a little bit with Bruce Arians. You can hear that at the end of the show. But what did you say was Kirk Cousins' record against winning teams? Five and 25. Yeah, it's not going to get the job done, is it? And, again, I, I think I've called that on Friday show and on Monday show. We called it Matthew Stafford syndrome. Yes. Quarterback that has a lot of raw talent. Quarterback that's got paid a lot of money. People believe that that quarterback can win them games. But they never seem to be teams that are better than them or of the same caliber as them. And, again, you, with Matthew Stafford, I've already said I don't think that's the guy you can win a Super Bowl with. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder if Kirk Cousins, who I was higher on coming into the season than Matthew Stafford, if you can't win a Super Bowl with him. You at some point have to have a performance where I think this Seattle team and this Minnesota team on paper, Minnesota has a more talented roster. In terms of how they've played this year, I think they're both fairly even. The Vikings weren't even in that game. I know that was it was a 3-0 game until, until late in the third quarter, but Seattle kind of hurt themselves in that game. Yes. I, I needed to see – Minnesota be the team that we thought they were going to be. 
Dalvin Cook is back healthy. That defense is back and mostly healthy now. I Again, it's not completely healthy, but mostly, mostly healthy. This is a time where they're supposed to be picking it up and looking like a team that's going to be a dangerous team, a team that no division winner wants to face in the first round. Right now, I, I look at them, and they're probably going to get that 60. They have the easiest remaining schedule of all those teams in that little clump at the bottom of the NFC right now, and they have a half-game lead over everybody. I'm just, I just, I'm just underwhelmed. I, I think this is a team I look at and I say, you know what, they're, they're going to be a, a pushover for whether it looks like right now a pushover for the Chicago Bears in the first round. Yeah, I just I, – I, they were – he was – Kirk Cousins when he got signed, I'm looking at it right now, was 4-19 and 19 against 500 teams, okay? So that was when he got signed. So now they went to overtime against the Packers team who's below 500. They lost to the Rams, so that's 4-20. Four and, four and 20. They lost to the Bears 4-21. and 21. They lost to the Saints four and tw- four and twenty two. They lost to uh, they lost to the Patriots four and twenty four and twenty three. And, and I, like it's at a sort of loss to the Seahawks. That was four and twenty four. So he's four and twenty four now. I, I'm looking at the, he has yet to beat. If I'm not correct, they don't have a game that they won this season where they beat a beat a team that's above. No, 500. and from a fantasy perspective, he is the number sixteen quarterback on a points-per-game basis, both actually both Tampa Bay quarterbacks. Technically all three, if you include the one game from Josh Johnson that would push him down to 17. I'm not including Josh Johnson's three-quarters of the game. Yes. But he's the number 16 quarterback in fantasy points per game. He is not – he's a player that I have used to help me win fantasy leagues in the past, that, that he was always in around the top 10. Um, I had him ranked pretty high this year. He's always finished like 6th or 8th or ninth. Like he was always like a guy you get late, always finished in the top 10. He's 16th this year. Right now, he's number 15 for me this week. I'm just – at this so he, point, if you're a Kirk Cousins owner and you're in a single quarterback league, you might have better options available. Let me. I want to talk about this very briefly before we get off that point. Here are the quarterbacks I have ahead of Kirk Cousins this week. Mahomes, Breeze, Rivers, Goff, Roethlisberger, Luck, Newton, Wilson, Brady, Watson. Okay? That's most weeks you've been playing yeah. at. Four other guys I have over him this week. Dak Prescott. Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, and believe it or not, Josh Allen. I would start all four of those quarterbacks confidently over Kirk Cousins this week. This is what you see is what you get here. Yeah. I know Miami, Miami is not a bad team. They're a slightly above average team with a slightly above average defense. I know the Vikings get them at home. This would be the opportunity for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to kind of have that bounce back game. I just I don't see it. Here's my here's my issue with what's happening with Kirk Cousins, and this is a this is a larger scale question. Kirk Cousins, I feel like, did more with less in Washington. Uh, well, play he, calling matters. Yes, and but I let, let's. Let, I think we need to look back at the last two offensive coordinators. I guess technically two of the last three because he played the last season, but two of the last three offensive coordinators in Washington before his last season with the Redskins were Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. Yep. And not to say that Kirk Cousins doesn't deserve credit. He does. But when you you look look at what Sean. Matt Nagy is doing with Mitchell Trubisky. And what Sean McVay has done doing with, with Jared Goff. Goff. And two quarterbacks that, although briefly, look com- like completely different players in those systems. It, those things matter. Yes. And it matters to, to, to make the most of the talent that you have. Yep. Right now – I look at the Vikings team and I went, they did more with Case Keenum. 
One, no, they 100% and, did more with Case Keenum. Kirk Cousins is a far more talented football player 100%, than Case Keenum. 100%. So that's why I think it's less on Kirk, stay with me, than it is because I don't think they set him up for success. I don't think that hiring – I think that pinning Mike Zimmer, who wants to run the football and play defense – against probably what would have been a great system with Kirk Cousins and John DeFilippo was never going to work. It was never going to work. And had they allowed, had Mike Zimmer allowed John DeFilippo to potentially actually run the system full-fledged the way he wanted to, maybe we would have seen that. And I don't think we're ever, we're obviously never going to get to see that because John DeFilippo got fired. But I think my issue is how do you come back with, Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and Dalvin Cook and Kyle Rudolph and much better options that he ever had in Washington and have this to show for it. it it's it's and a better defense. Oh, look, by the way, by the, and look, some of this has to fall on Zimmer. And yes, I, I think he's I agree. a phenomenal head coach. I do too. But I, I think some of this has to fall on him. And now you have to put your again. You have to put your players in the best position to have success. And that's the biggest thing that you're seeing. And I, and, and I, 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 it's not a one to one comparison. But for, even for fantasy owners or for real-life football, because this crosses over because quarterback play right now at this time of year matters a lot. I look at what John Harbaugh has done in Baltimore. John Harbaugh never ran an offense like he has run the last four weeks at any point in his NFL head coaching career. Ever. Not once. But he realized the pieces that he has out there and is putting those pieces in the best position to win football games. That's what you need to do here. And right now, Kirk Cousins and that offense has not been put in the best position to win football games, and he's also struggling. Yeah. So you put those two things together, and you get what you have right now is a team that should be an 11 or 12 win team that's probably going to limp into the playoffs as an 8 or 9 win team. Yeah, and I think that it falls a little bit on Rick Spielman, the GM, mm-hmm. because I think if, if you are going to spend, if you're going to guarantee your quarterback, what is it, $84 million of guaranteed money, Okay, if you're going to do that, you need to make sure, damn well sure, that you are putting that quarterback into a system that makes sense long term. And I don't think they did that pinning Mike Zimmer and John Philbo because clearly there's been tension with these guys all season. They didn't even yeah. get through a full season. No, and, and it's something's very interesting. Of the top five highest paid quarterbacks in the league. Kirk Cousins is the only one in the playoff picture. I know. I saw that statistic, which is wild. It becomes extreme. And Jake's talked about this point in the show a lot. There's a formula to win now. Yes, you can win outside this formula. It is possible. The Patriots do it. However, you win with quarterbacks on rookie-slash-team-friendly deals because it allows you the roster flexibility to do a lot of different things. Which Tom Brady has done for his team for a and long – because he, he should be the number one paid quarterback sure. in the league at every single year that he plays. And, and again, I never blame players for getting their money, but we're specifically talking about roster construction. Look at what, for example, what the Rams have been able to do. How do they afford all of those players on the defensive side of the ball? Jared Goff has got paid. Deal. Yeah. And those rookie deals, especially those first-rounders that have that fifth-year option, you give yourself – also, you're probably not winning with a rookie quarterback, but you're giving yourself a five-year window from the time they step into the league until the time you have to sign them to that new contract to give your team the best chance to win. And yeah. that's how you have to win now Yeah, for no, the most part. For sure, because it's really hard to pay everybody. Because guess what, Green Bay fans? It's not going to get much easier for no. you guys. Aaron Rodgers is guaranteed $33.5 million next year against your cap. Good luck. Which is why, again, I look at a team 
in the Bay Area, both teams in the Bay Area, and I say, I have some concerns about their ability to build Great. contenders long term because Jimmy Garoppolo is making a ton of money. And I, again, we don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo is good yet. No, I, 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 I keep having to put that. I think he is an above average starter. That's what I think in my mind. We have no idea. No, we saw the same sample size, actually less of a sample size of him than we saw of Colin Kaepernick, who's no longer in the league. And from like a fantasy point of view, Garoppolo doesn't run like Kaepernick did. No, So he's exactly. not putting up those kind of points. But again, like I, I, but Kaepernick was on a rookie deal. Yep. When they made those runs against who? Russell Wilson on a rookie deal. Yes. Like, the, like those things matter. So, uh, look, long term, I don't. I look at the Vikings as I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to be disappointing in there. But if you're a Stephon Diggs or an Adam Thielen owner right now, I'm an Adam Thielen owner. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. Going into the postseason now because I, I'm in the semifinals. He has been a great player for me. But that offense looks so out of sync right yeah. now. Stefan Diggs, uh, same thing. Kyle Rudolph's been non-existent the entire season. Which I thought this ext- would be the which, breakout year. Which is extremely frustrating what Kirk he's Cousins, talented. And what Kirk Cousins did with Jordan Reed was spectacular. Yep. And it just hasn't translated. That's what I mean, though. There's a certain point where you got to say, yes, John DeFilippo got fired. He was the fall guy. Some of this needs to fall on management. Head coach Mike Zimmer – and GM Rick Spielman, because you knew what Kirk Cousins was. Mm-hmm. He, you saw enough of Kirk Cousins to know the type of quarterback that he was. And you didn't put him in a, in a situation to succeed, because right now what's happened falls on them. Yeah, It has to, because Kirk Cousins is a talented quarterback. I don't think he's an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a, t- he's a top 15 quarterback in this league. I truly believe he, he that. He has shown he can be that. Yeah, and he has top 15 caliber talent around him. He He's has, got so many weapons. He's got so many more weapons now than he did in Washington. And that's what's funny. that's what's got to be frustrating if you're a Vikings fan because you look around and you go, there is no excuse for this team to not be better than they are. The biggest worry a lot of people had going into the fantasy season with Kirk Cousins was that he put up a lot of points in garbage time. Yeah, a lot did. of points when his team were down. Was yep. down. Good point. Vikings have been down plenty this year, and yeah. he hasn't been doing that. Oh, but they haven't. It feels like he's handcuffed. It really does. I, I, I think that there's been a struggle with Mike Zimmer and John DeFilippo all year long, and now Mike Zimmer got the better of it. Let's see what they do this week. We'll see. Let's we'll see, see if what, they let's, open up that offense a little bit more. Yeah, let's see what it what it looks like because Mike Zimmer, you can say you want to run the football all you want. That offensive line is not good enough to establish the run all the time. No, they're just not. They they don't do they they are not creating holes for Dalvin Cook and company to create and run the football and establish the run and play defense. So the real point I made earlier, Cousins is my number 15 quarterback this week. There's, If you're in a single quarterback league, you might have a better option. I've seen Josh Allen is available in a lot of leagues. Dak Prescott's available in a lot of leagues. I would start either of those players over Kirk Cousins this week, or quite frankly, over Aaron Rodgers this week too. I, I don't like his matchup. No, you just saw what happened to Jared Goff, who's been an unbelievable fantasy quarterback all year long. Uh, let's talk about another quarterback, and this is a quarterback that's going to be out and could be out for the rest of the season, and that is Carson Wentz. This is bad news if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan because, one, this is uh, already injured. Okay, He's coming off an injury this season. It's a different injury now. It's a back injury that yeah. he's sitting with this week. But listen, Philadelphia is in the thick of the NFC wild card picture, and they have some tough games coming up. And this is listen, Dallas is going to win this division. It's a wrap. Yeah, no, no like, one is debating that. No one's debating that. It's, but Philadelphia's only a half, technically again, only technically a half game behind Minnesota. Yeah, I mean they are not out of it from a wild card perspective by any stretch of the imagination. Now, two really tough matchups the next two weeks, though they go. 
Again, this week they're at the Rams and they go home against the Texans. Yeah, it's just more – it is realistic that they're probably going to lose two of three to finish out this season and then they will miss the postseason. Um, Jamie, I asked this question to, to Bruce Arians, which you guys will hear later, but if they do that, if they lose – let's say they let's say they lose two of three. Are they the most disappointing team in your mind of the 2018 season? I think they're in the conversation. And there are, to me, there are three teams. And this is a three-team race for most disappointing. You have the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. You have the Philadelphia Eagles. But you have my pick, which is still Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. People like the Eagles. They didn't see the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl. They saw them as probably going to win what we all thought was going to be a very weak division. It is a weak division. The difference is, is the one team that's emerging. It's not the Eagles. It's the Dallas Cowboys. The Atlanta Falcons have way too much talent to be a four-win team right yep. now. I know they've been decimated by injuries, but they they've also played their way to that record. Yes, I, I don't I don't have. think they I don't think that injuries have caused them to go four and nine. I think they maybe caused them to go six and seven to this point, but I don't think that's you can blame it all on the injuries. The Jacksonville Jaguars for thirty-five minutes last year were the best team in the AFC. Yep. They were better than the New England Patriots. And I will go to my grave believing that on that day, regardless of what the end result was, the Jaguars were a better football team for that game than the New England Patriots. No, were. if they if they for one second f- forgot that they were in the position that they were in, they got scared. That's what happened. That, they I took the gas off the off the pedal or their pedal off the gas and they 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 got scared. That is the perfect word. They, I've never seen a team more afraid of winning a football game. Yeah, they were than afraid. Jacksonville was in the second half. They of were football. afraid. They should be a team that we're talking about as a Super Bowl contender this year. We should be talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars having the two seed and the inevitable matchup of the Jags defense against the Chiefs offense in the AFC Championship game to see does defense still indeed win championships. That's what we should be talking about. (laughs) Instead, I have to scroll all the way down to the 10th spot uh, in the (laughs) – 10 spot under the division winners, and I see Jacksonville at 4-9 and with a nice little E dash next to their name. They are the most disappointed team in football. I know you asked about the Eagles, so going back to them, they're in that conversation. I think they're 2A, 2B with Atlanta, of which of the bird teams are, are more disappointing based on expectations. I don't think any of us thought they were going to be an upper echelon team nope. this year. Um, I thought they were going to be the four seed most likely in the NFC and, the, and win a weak division. Uh, but they're, they're in that conversation. But to me, the bigger concern is if Carson Wentz does miss the rest of the year, that's now two years in a row where he has missed a huge portion of the end of your season. That's starting to become a concern. Uh, obviously, he's the quarterback you want. There. I don't. I don't care if Nick Foles goes into LA and beats the Rams. Carson Wentz is still your quarterback. Like yeah. the, the, we know what Nick Foles is at this point. Uh, for those who are wondering, if you're playing two QB leagues. He's my number one, number twenty-one quarterback this week. But I, I just I, I look at this. I look at this Eagles team, and I just go, I wonder if they just overperformed. Because if we remember, this wasn't an elite team. No. Like, this was an elite team at times last season, and then Wentz got hurt, and they kind of, like, they just they kind of got the job done on the way there. I just wonder if they just went on a hell of a run. I wonder if this is the, this is the Baltimore Ravens yeah. a, few, a few years ago. They just went on a great run, and they have a lot of pieces that when they all click, they're dangerous, but they can't get them to all click at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. That's and that's kind of where I look at this Eagles team of, like, Next year, I could see them being a nine-win team. Yeah. I could see them being a seven-win team. I don't see them being a 13-win team. I think that's gone. The other thing that I think it's important to bring up is people tend to think that 
in the NFL, you can just recreate what the Patriots have done. What the Patriots have done is something that doesn't exist throughout NFL no. history, really, other than in times where there weren't as many where teams. There were four teams that were good. Yeah, yeah. That's, I'm talking about in modern-day NFL. What the Patriots have done is probably, and I say probably, with like a 99% chance, never, ever going to be recreated. Ever. Because it is so in the salary cap, what we talked about with quarterbacks, yep. it is so hard to recreate that magic that it takes to get to the Super Bowl. And it's hard to stay hungry because the Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. It doesn't exist in the Patriots locker room because Tom Brady exists in the Patriots locker room. And they plug and play people each and every year. So those new people are hungry to play in the Super Bowl. Whereas on other teams, this is a team that just won that's most of the same cast that we saw last year with Philadelphia. And and I think the more likely scenario going forward is teams do what like the Steelers have done where they're always in the second and third round almost every year. Yep. They pop up in the Super Bowl every once in a while, and that and that's where you go. And, and that's a more likely path. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what New England's doing is unprecedented. It's just – at least in this era. Like yeah. in the salary cap, you're not, you're not dealing with, the you know, the, the 49ers of the, the 80s, the Steelers in the 70s. Really, if you think – if you really think back upon it, it just – it's not – you can even argue that – I mean, the Rams didn't have this long run. The no. greatest show on turf Rams didn't have a long run, and no. the Patriots ended that. Yeah. So it's just teams are going to regress a little bit. Still, the Eagles should be better than what they are now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Last quarterback conversation we're going to have that I tease up at the top is the uh, once called elite or my my favorite argument in sports really is Joe Flacco elite. And I would say – no to that he question. Was. He, he had never four great games. Yes, all he... in a row, and deserves all the credit in the world for this, the Ravens winning. Uh, well, defense deserves a lot more credit too, but yeah. deserves just as much credit as the Ravens defense did for winning that Super Bowl. Yes, that doesn't change who he was as a quarterback. No, but he's now officially been benched. He is healthy. Is going to be benched for Lamar Jackson for now. For now. I, 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 I put an asterisk. Come to my head. The Ravens make the playoffs. I think Joe Flacco starting that playoffs. I agree. I, I also agree. I just think they're in a position right now where they went into Arrowhead to play the best team in the AFC unquestionably, and they should have won the football game. And yeah. and I think the the fact that Lamar Jackson was able to take that team into a hostile environment and do what they did last week, it is impossible to then turn around and say, yeah, we're starting Joe. It takes a lot of balls to do what Jim Har- what John Harbaugh is doing right now because – so often I think coaches fall into the trap of I, I have a guy, he's been especially in this case, he's been my guy for a long time. Yep. I gotta go back to him the second he's healthy. Yep. This is working. This is working better than I ever imagined this would be working. Oh, this great. this Lamar Jackson offense with Gus Edwards, with Kenneth Dixon, who's having a little bit bigger role and playing well and not quite in fantasy territory yet, but is somebody that maybe keep an eye on. If he has another big week, you might in, in really deep leagues, he might be somebody you want to throw in in your championship game. This is working right now, and everything is clicking. Lamar Jackson could very well give John Harbaugh a reason to go back to Joe Flacco, mm-hmm. and I think he will at some point. The fumbles are going to be a problem, and I think when you're playing a very tight postseason game that's very defensively oriented, I think there's going to be a lot of concern as much as as injur- excuse me as turnover prone as Joe Flacco has been with interceptions. Lamar Jackson is worse with fumbles. Yeah, I agree. So I think at some point I, they're going to go back to Joe Flacco, but right now this is working, and your goal is to get in. And by the way, your goal is you can still win this division. Yeah, you're only a half game back at Pittsburgh. So keep it going as, until it starts to not to work. 
when it, the minute it starts not to work, he's going back to Flacco, and it's understandable. Yeah. But right now, while it's working, ride it because um, you know you never know what can happen. Absolutely. And when you're when you're t- when you're talking about this football team, I think it's it, they're I think you're spot on that eventually they're going to go back to Flacco. But I think for now, my interesting the, the interesting part of this for me is on you in your perspective. What is Lamar Jackson from a fantasy value right now? Because I think in a two quarterback league, this becomes very interesting. Because I'm, I'm in, I'm in a two quarterback league that's in the postseason. Where now we're looking and you're seeing and you're going, okay, is this a, is it matchup based? Where you're looking at certain quarterbacks, who you're saying, eh, I don't really like this this matchup. Or you're looking at a guy like Ben Roethlisberger who's got a rib injury, who's playing the Patriots, and you're going, man, he's turnover prone. I don't know if I want to, I mean, I, I, I'm just throwing out some options there. Is there, where are you putting Lamar Jackson this week? Well, in, in a two QB league, he's an elite option. I at the second quarterback spot right now. He's my QB. Uh, he was my QB 15 this week. He was slightly behind um, Carson Wentz and I moved Wentz down. I moved Foles down below yep. where Wentz would have been, but he's my QB 14 this week. Since he took over as a starter for the Ravens on a points per game basis, he's QB 14. Yeah. That's what he is. You probably are not starting in single quarterback formats. It's possible you have a guy or two in your league uh, that is hoarding multiple yeah. top options there. So you might have to start him in this format. But for the most part, he's an elite option as your QB2. I, I would much rather start him most weeks over even Baker Mayfield. Yep. Um, I mean, so I, I think if you need him, as long as he is starting – and by the way, that's going to be way higher than where Flacco will be if Flacco takes back over the job. He's going to be back in the 20s. Yeah, uh, for the, sure. So he'll be a low-end QB2. Yeah, no rushing ability at all. Um, but yeah, no, Lamar Jackson, he's just, again, he has a very, very – his ceiling isn't as high as people think it is. People people misconstrue, I think, what a running quarterback is in fantasy. Aside from the year where Michael Vick went just absolutely, yeah. positively nuts and won everybody in the fantasy leagues, me included, with the Eagles – what it does is it raises your floor. It doesn't really extend your ceiling. Yeah. Lamar Jackson's ceiling isn't as high as the top quarterbacks. It's the Mahomes, the Goffs, of the, the Breezes of the world, even the Tom Brady's. Like, yeah, because he's not going to throw that many touchdowns. But you're probably not getting a single-digit performance from him either unless he gets hurt. Yeah, or a uh, Jared Goff a half-point performance so like you did last week. His bust potential is extremely low. And I think that is the, the key point here, which is why he's an excellent option in 2QB format. Yeah, and an excellent option in the postseason where you, if you want to go with a more safer option in your second spot for the postseason, makes a whole lot of sense going with him. All right, the last thing we're going to do here is preview a very, very, very good Thursday night football game. Chiefs and Chargers, in my opinion, and I think in your opinion as well, the two best teams in the AFC. Right now, the two teams that are playing the best football in the AFC are the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I now, agree. And, and actually, we're going we're gonna to ask Bruce Arians about that later. If Who does he think? Because we had that conversation on our show on Monday. Who is the second best team? And it's tough because the we, AFC right now. we want to, both of us want to believe in LA, right? I want to believe that LA is a Super Bowl team. Right, they have the. It's just when you've watched a team just fumble away, not not literally, but fumble away. Yes, so many golden opportunities yes. over the years. It's tough to have any confidence in them from a talent perspective. They're to, right up there. They they have not talking about record or how they're playing. Strictly from pure talent level, they are maybe the best team in the AFC. Yeah, I would have a hard time saying if you if you look on paper. When healthy, yeah. the talent all the way over the field, 
Find me a team that has a better roster in the AFC especially, than the Chargers. Especially now that the Chiefs do not have Kareem Hunt. Advantage, Chargers. Chargers have a better running back situation. Yes. And Chargers have a better defensive situation. Yes, 100%. 100%. And I don't think Rivers is that far behind Mahomes. Mahomes just gets, Maybe gets the, the nod the right t- now. the tight end position win Chiefs sure. because of Travis Kelsey. Sure. But, so if you go past catching options yeah. in total, I'd rather have Tyreek Hill. I'd rather have Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins when he's healthy, healthy. Yeah. over the Keenan options. Allen, Mike Williams, Tyrell Williams, yeah. you know, and whatever's yeah. left of Antonio okay, so Gates at this point. Yeah, but, sure. they're, but they're split because the running back situation is is greater than Chargers yes. and the and the and the pass catching options are greater than for the Chiefs. The and Chargers might have three running backs better than anybody the Chiefs has running the ball. That's the big difference. And I think that that's that's an extremely interesting aspect of it. This is the my defense is, I don't think it's close. I wish this game wasn't on a Thursday though, because I don't think I really I, I hate harping on this, but it's just the truth. No team should be playing football on Thursday night. No team is fully healthy or rested to play a Thursday night game. And no team that has to go on the road and have a travel day, by the way, in this whole thing. And this isn't this isn't a, a little skip. LA to Kansas City is quite a quite a little jaunt. It it sucks. And so yeah. I don't think that this is a I'm not giving I'm I know I realize I feel like I'm giving them an excuse. But it's just it's just the facts. It, yeah. It's tough to go on the road on Thursday night and, and win football Look, games. It never, just is. They're never going to do it. Uh, but if I were czar of the football world, uh, I would not play Thursday night games. Never. Uh, no, I, if I would, if I said, yeah, you have to find a way to make Thursday night football work. I wouldn't play Thursday night games weeks two through four. And I would make sure from week five until we got to, I would guess, say week 13 – that every team playing on Thursday night football had a bye the week before. Yeah. And I would say, okay, you, I, I know it's a Thursday game, but you're going to get 10 days yeah. to rest before the game and then 10 days before your next game. Yep. A lot like they do for London. Treat it just like those London games. Yeah, it should be They won't that do way. that because then, they, well, we don't have them, then we don't have Thursday night football games in week 14 or we don't have them in week two. Uh, again, Thursday night game just open the year. You've had a whole offseason. Yeah. Uh, but that's never going to happen. Uh, for this game, I think the most intriguing aspect, I'll just briefly touch on the quarterbacks. Mahomes still my QB1 this week. Uh, Rivers is my QB three. I think I know Chargers road Thursday. I just think there's a good matchup. The Chargers can lose this game and still get plenty of fantasy value. Absolutely. The running backs is where this gets interesting. So let, let, let's talk about all the running back drama. In yeah, this game. injuries, everything. So as we started this podcast, Austin Eckler ruled officially out for the game. That's kind of what I expected. Uh, that was a brutal hit he took on that yeah. offside kick and recovery. And it's his neck, so don't mess around. You don't. I'm sorry. This is not like a bruised knee. This is your neck. This is your head. Yeah. You don't mess with that, period. Yeah. Especially on three days rest. That, yeah. That's life-altering yeah. stuff right there. So um, Melvin Gordon is questionable. He is traveling to Kansas City, which I think, again, is a it's, a it's a decent sign. I think you need to pay attention. I have no idea where I have Melvin Gordon right now. Because yeah. if you tell me he's active – I don't know how much he's playing. No. I don't know if he's playing active because there's no – he's not 100% healthy. He's not even 80% healthy. So is he active and playing 10 snaps? Is he active and they're putting him in, in, in the red zone? Is he active and just going to hold his helmet on the sideline? You know, they're just – they're down to so many backs. They could have him active and just really not use him very much. Uh, I don't – to me, I mean, the, the benefit on Thursday is you have the ability to switch him out for anybody you want. Yep. But if you're a Melvin Gordon owner, you need to be paying attention right up until kickoff. Yeah. And this is a big decision. Huge I'm facing decision. somebody that has Melvin Gordon. And I don't envy his position of 
He's the underdog in the playoff matchup. That's a home rag for me. But he's an underdog in the playoff matchup. I beat him twice this year. Not I'm just saying. He's got to make a decision of this has been my best player all year long. Yeah. I'm in the semifinals of the playoffs right now. If he plays, how do I not start him? Yeah, it's tough because what are your other options? That's really what it comes down to. This is a case-by-case case that you're going to have to look at it because it's it's – it depends on what your other options are. And hopefully, like, unfortunately, a lot of you probably handcuffed with Austin Eckler, who's yep. also not going to play in this football game. So that's not really an option here. So if you handcuff with Justin Jackson, the worst case scenario for you is Melvin Gordon starting and splitting carries. Yes. Because that way it's going to limit both their value. You either want him ruled out and saying, wow, Justin Jackson's got an awesome matchup. And it, I, when I did my rankings, I was assuming Gordon was not going to be active for the game. I have Justin Jackson as my number 15 running back. Yeah. Game. I think he's a very strong RB2. If they both play, odds are you don't have the roster space to play them both. You almost have to play Gordon. Yeah, be with upside. You just have to because yeah. it, 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 unless you're – because there's no way to know. It's not like this is Monday Night Football and you're knowing if you need a you need that, that massive game to get you over or just like, oh, I need four points to win. I, I am going go to Gordon. I am going to try and pretend like I was a coach and know that this game means a lot, but also you have a lot to look forward to with this team. And Melvin Gordon is a huge part of this team's success going forward. And I just don't think that they're going to gamble. Yeah. I just don't, you can't, to me, I'm not gambling to win this football game to maybe win this football game on the road on Thursday night with the long term of this football team's outlook. Because if I'm the head coach, I go, unless he is, 85% 85% or better, he's not playing in this football game. Yeah. It's just not because it's – it's it really – if he goes down, your team is not the Super Bowl team. They're yeah. not a Super Bowl caliber team without Melvin Gordon. So They're just the, not. For the real-life football implications of this game, if the Chargers win, they will be tied with the Chiefs. And then, they, then at that point, it gets interesting because the Chiefs would still have the tiebreakers right now uh, because it would be one and one and they would have the divisional tiebreaker. There is a path – in which the Chargers can still win the division. It gets, it gets a little wonky there. If they lose this game, they're essentially locked into the five seed. Yes. Um, which, again, is not the worst case in the world. Just it is what it is. You're in the same division with the Chiefs right now. I agree with you. I think if you look at this team, you can win the Super Bowl as a wild card team. You can win on the road. Now, I don't know if the Chargers can win on the road in the postseason enough, but I just, to me, I just, it's risky. I think the, the thing you're concerned about here is that they play Melvin Gordon, they give him five carries. Yeah, which, which point, to me is like, useless. If you're playing him to give him five carries, that doesn't make any sense. Or he gets hurt. Yeah, that doesn't make any or sense. Or gets hurt again and, and leaves in the first quarter, and yeah. then you're, you're stuck. To me, if Melvin Gordon is active, and you look at, you could take a look at my rankings on tdfantasy.com. If you don't have somebody in my top 25 or top 23 even, to replace him with, you kind of got to play him. You got to play him, yeah, and just kind of sure. kind of live with the consequences. If he's not active, then you're great. You're playing Justin Jackson if you have him, or you're playing whoever you were before. Uh, on the other side, I think this might have surprised some people. This was one I uh, we said to watch on Monday. Spencer Ware, doubtful, yeah, for this good. game. So if you haven't been paying attention, you better run and go get Damian Williams off the yeah, off the waiver wire right now. Um, I would also, I think even Daryl Williams is a potential because I think they're going to use both backs. Uh, I have Damian Williams right now as my number 16 back. I basically put him right where Spencer Ware was. Um, I put Daryl Williams in the number 35 spot among running backs this week. 
Um, you need to you need to go right now uh, because if you, I think a lot of people after the Cream Hunt news were playing as I was playing Spencer Ware in a starting running back spot or a flex spot. He's not going to play. I, I cannot remember the last player that was listed as doubtful the day before a game and played meaning. It happens rarely, but played meaningful time and scored meaningful amount of fantasy points. You, you, and again, you need to go out and see him. If Jalen Samuels is still somehow out there, we don't know if James Conner is going to play or not. But you have to go out and get him. Um, there's just a lot of interesting running back scenarios. Here. Yeah. I look at San Francisco's backfield, and I'm not sure if Breed is going to be back this week. There's just a lot of things out there. So go out there and get Damian Williams if you can and put him in your starting lineup right away. All right, I'm going to force you to – Tyreek Hill uh, also questionable, by yeah, the way. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is also questionable. I think he's going to play um, if he does play what I have him this week. I had him as my wide receiver seven this week if he plays. So yeah. I think it's a big week for him. Yeah, I think he's going to have another big week. It's, just keep it, keep in mind. Yeah, it's tough Watkins to – Watkins already out. Um, keep an eye on Chris Conley because if Tyreek doesn't play – Ball's going to go somewhere that's not just Travis. They're not throwing a Travis Kelsey. No, but he's throwing the ball. So He's throwing the ball somewhere. That's got to go somewhere. So kind of, if you're a Tyreek Hill, again, this is the case. Use your bench smartly. If you're a Tyreek Hill owner, you don't have another great option at wide receiver, go pick up Chris Conley because if Tyreek Hill doesn't play, all of a sudden I think Chris Conley is in wide receiver two territory. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So from a football perspective, what do you see happening in this football game? Uh, I think the Chiefs are still a better team. The Chiefs went into L.A. and, and beat the Chargers in week one. Um, I still – I know the Chargers got their big signature win that they, we've been begging for them to have against the Steelers a, a little bit ago, a couple weeks ago. But it's tough to play on the road Thursday night for good teams. We saw it happen to the Saints. We saw it happen to others as well. I think the Chiefs are a better football team. They're at home. It's a tough place to play. I just – everything in this game screams to me that the Chiefs are going to win. If this game was on Sunday, I'd be picking the Chargers. Really? I would. I, I, I think that they they have enough because I think health-wise, Melvin Gordon would go for sure. Yes, if no, it I was agree. Sunday. Four extra days. And, I, and, extra I, days and I think that that would be enough of a difference. But I do not pick the underdog in a road Thursday night football game. It's just – it's very hard to do that. And I just think at this point – not knowing when we're recording this podcast whether or not Melvin Gordon is going to start, I not I cannot choose the LA Chargers to win this game. I'd be very pleasantly surprised if they did. Yeah, I, 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 I hope good. that they do because I think it makes things really interesting. It does. I just I just need I just I'm not fully bought in to the Chargers as a Super Bowl team yet. No, but if I they win on Thursday Night Football, I'm all the we're way. Hold of, if they win, we're having a whole different conversation on Friday's podcast. Yeah, we really are. Because that then it becomes are the, then then they cement themselves probably as the best team in the AFC. Well, and then all of a sudden we start talking about the Chiefs and we go again. The Chiefs at that point still have the path. Yes. To the to the division. So just because the Chargers win this game, they don't leapfrog the Chiefs. No. With the, the record, they still have the Chiefs still have a much easier a much easier path because of the playoff odds than the Chargers do. But again, we start talking about like. If the Chiefs and Mahomes have to go on the road, like we talked about all season, I said, I'm just, my concern is if they have to go on the road to Pittsburgh, or again, considering what Pittsburgh was a few weeks ago, going on the road to New England, yep. I don't know how I feel about that. If the Chiefs have to go on the road everywhere, I'm not so sure that the, all of a sudden everybody's Super Bowl favorite in the AFC isn't the Super Bowl favorite anymore. Yeah. So again, a lot has to happen. Chiefs probably have to lose t- two of these final three games, including this one, For sure. to make it happen. But I just, again, they'd have to lose this game and they have to lose the, the final game of the regular season against the Raiders. 
I just can't yeah, see that happening. For but sure. If but it does, the, it does. But at the same time, I think we haven't seen the full ramifications of Kareem Hunt not being on this football team. Do not. We saw it a little bit last week. A little bit last week, but now, now Spencer Ware a little banged up. Like that becomes an interesting conversation now. Damian Williams has some talent. I was a little surprised to see him cut from Miami uh, a couple years back, but or was it a year ago when all that stuff's a blur? Uh, I don't remember which offseason he got cut from them, but uh, it's still it's not the same. Kareem Hunt was an elite option in the backfield. By the way, he should be cut. He shouldn't be on the team anymore. And then there's no one is debating that. But strictly from a football standpoint. He gave them a, 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 a he was a better option in the back. One hundred percent. Than Spencer Ware or Damian Williams or Daryl Williams. One hundred percent. Or Sharkandra Quest. Yeah, no, I don't care who else you put back there. It's not the same as having Kareem Hunt. Uh, Jamie, how can everybody follow you on social media? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner on Instagram. Guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow TD Fantasy at TD Fantasy underscore on both Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to stay tuned because Bruce Arians is coming up next. What's up, TD Fantasy listeners? Jake Arians here. Not only am I one of your co-hosts on the podcast of TD Fantasy, I'm also very privileged and proud to be the president of the Arians Family Foundation, the foundation that we started to honor my mom and the work that she's done uh, for underprivileged kids uh, throughout her entire life. So for more information, go to ariansfamilyfoundation.com, at ariansff on all your social media outlets. And we have a special guest, our guest that joins us every Wednesday, former head coach Bruce Arians. Coach, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. I love to hear that. No golf game updates this week, but maybe we'll get some. Maybe we'll get some next week. Uh, no but we are we are going to talk to you about what could be the best matchup of the weekend, and that's on Thursday night. The Chiefs and the Chargers match up against each other. The Chargers got their signature win in prime time against the Steelers. Can they do it again and keep their division hopes alive against the Chiefs in Arrowhead? Well, I think a lot of it depends on uh, Melvin Gordon's health. Um, either Eckler or they have to have one of those running backs. And um, the Chargers are hot right now. Uh, I, I thought, you know, when the Chiefs struggled last week against Baltimore, it should be a heck of a ball game. And whoever wins it, I think, wins the AFC. Well, and considering the way the things shook, shook out in the AFC last week, if I had to ask you today, Coach, who do you think, aside from the Chiefs, is the second best team in the AFC right now? Chargers. <laughs> no, no doubt. And, uh, so that's why they're going to be one and two, and they may be playing for the championship because either one plays really well on the road. So, Coach, the 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 matchup that I'm going to talk to you about next is the matchup that we usually circle as one of the best matchups of the year, and that's the Patriots and the Steelers. But both of these teams are coming off bad losses. Both of these teams have been disappointing in certain moments of the season. Uh, what do you expect to see from these two veteran teams? Because they're both kind of in a in a in a moment where they need to win. Bo- both teams really need to win, especially after how they both performed last week. Yeah, I, I mean, looking at the two games, um, the the miracle in Miami, and then the the, the kicker slipping and falling uh, after the after the Steelers made a miracle play themselves. Um, Two disappointing losses that they they both thought they won the games, so I don't think they'll be that downtrodden. They're they're upset. Neither situation changed any. It's still a big game. It's probably a bigger game for the Steelers because Baltimore's nipping on their heels. 
Do you see what do you what do you expect to see from the Steelers team specifically though? Because they're they're kind of they've been labeled the drama team. They've been labeled the team that loves that lives for the drama because then now, like you said, they have the Ravens nipping at their heels, and this is you never want Tom Brady to come in extra motivated. And coming off of that loss, you expect to see him extra motivated. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, and Pittsburgh for them, I think their offense has to totally control the game and. And not only time of possession, but production time, meaning they got to score points while they have it and hold the ball and keep Tom Brady on the bench. Because I really don't think the Steelers defense is that good. Coach, sticking with the AFC, just for one more question here. How do you see that final wild card spot shaking out? You have four teams tied at seven and six. Right now, the Steelers are leading the AFC North half game above the Baltimore Ravens. Who has the advantage there? And is there a team that you're looking at and saying, if that team gets in, I don't want to play them if I'm Houston or New England. Yeah, I think it would be the Indianapolis Colts. You know, that was a big win for them in Houston. Um, when Andrew Luck gets hot, well, he's hard to stop. And, again, they just proven they can win on the road, which was basically a playoff game for them in Houston. Um, I think the other team would be the Tennessee Titans, and I think that's going to be a, a big, big game the last game of the year. Coach, uh, the big the big talk this week is that the Minnesota Vikings fired offensive coordinator John DeFilippo just six to eight months ago. He was the potential hot co- head coaching candidate and now is without a job. Uh, is John DeFilippo the fall guy in Minnesota? Do you think there's bigger issues with that football team or do you think it's as simple as that offense needs to simplify itself and, and just start winning football games? Well, if it's Mike Zimmer's team, they better run the ball because that's what he wants to do. He wants to play great defense and, and have a physical run-the-ball offense. Um, and, you know, when you hire a guy, you hire a system. And it kind of – Philly didn't run the ball. Well, they ran the ball more than Minnesota's been doing it. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't see that marriage working in the beginning. And uh, so I, I think Zim did what he had to do. Coach, I value your opinion on quarterbacks greatly, which is why I need your opinion on this. Kirk Cousins has been paid a lot of money to be the guy in Minnesota. His record against teams above 500 is horrendous. It's 5-25. and 25. He, he doesn't get the job done against good football teams. In your opinion, do you think he's a good enough quarterback to get it done and take that Minnesota Vikings team to be a Super Bowl caliber team that they think that they are? Well, Shirley didn't hasn't shown it this year for sure. I mean, he's been a dink and duck guy. Uh, he threw ball up the field, I think, more in Washington. And uh, but when you get in the free agency market for quarterbacks, uh, it's an old always buyer beware. I mean, you're going to overpay. And uh, he had decent statistics in Washington, but was he a playoff caliber quarterback? No. The Vikings are currently occupying that last wild card spot in the NFC, but they've got four teams within a game of them, Carolina, Philadelphia, Washington, Green Bay. All of them have – all actually, all five of those teams, including Minnesota, have their have a lot of warts. Who do you think has the advantage of that group? Gosh, they seem to be all be falling by the wayside. I mean, definitely not Washington. Um, Philadelphia, they could sneak in and then they would be dangerous. Um, Minnesota with a change of philosophy, maybe. I, I don't know. It's a, it's one of those ones who gets in is going to be the first one out. 
it really does feel that way. It kind of feels like that whole that whole part of the NFC is kind of backing in. Uh, but the part the teams that aren't backing in the NFC, Chicago gets that big win against LA on Sunday Night Football. The Saints uh, go down to Tampa Bay and win. Right now, who do you think is the team to beat in the NFC? The Saints, the Rams, or the Bears? I, I think it's the Saints, um, and I think it's all about home field advantage right now. And um, Chicago obviously handled Los Angeles with the weather and their defense. And, and when you're a cold-weather team, uh, even with Mitchell Trubisky struggling, their defense is so good, um, they can do it. But I wouldn't want to play anybody in New Orleans in that dome in the playoffs. Yeah, that's the, my sentiments exactly, Coach. Jamie asked me who am I more afraid of, the LA Rams or the New Orleans Saints, and I said nobody wants to play the Saints at home. That's a very intimidating environment to play in. Last question I have for you is, Carson Wentz is not going to play on Sunday. He could potentially miss the rest of the season for the Eagles. Are they the most disappointing team of 2018? I don't think so. I mean, that, that Super Bowl hangover thing's real. That's real. And uh, the injuries they've had and the coaching change of losing Frank Wright and John DiFilippo both in the same year, I don't think Doug Peterson had to do it all by himself, and it, it didn't seem to be working. It's a, it's a good point. I don't think uh, – I think everybody's talking about them being disappointing and not really talking about the, the difference in, in coaching staffs. Coach, thank you so much for joining us this week, and uh, good luck calling your game this weekend. You bet. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.